And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. Matt, it's Saturday night, we're back again with all our friends. Yet another week that just whizzed completely by for me. I couldn't believe it was Saturday, I couldn't believe it was time to go again, and yet here we are. Yeah, well, it whizzed by for you, but not for me. I had a long week. I had a very long week, yeah. I will, I will admit most of my week just involved finishing up Spider-Man, which I did. <laughs> I had many late nights playing that, and I can say totally worth it. It was, wasn't it? It was. You know what? If I if I could split a couple hairs, I would say Miles' story gets a little unfocused by the very end. There's the point that's almost kind of become a meme now where Spider-Man gets like a big important suit after a big thing. And Miles shows up and it's like, I also have a new suit now. <laughs> Which I very much like. It's a good suit and everyone complaining about it is just complaining about it to complain about it. I like the color variant better. I like the one where it's more the white? red. The white? Yeah, well, yeah. I... Well, it's still black, but it has the electric blue webbing, but it's more red in keeping with his other costume. Mm -hmm. That I like. I know a lot of people complained about the hair, even though, again, I totally 100% see what they were going for for that. It's the idea that Stan Lee always talks about, you know, oh, the Spider-Man suit is so great because it can be anyone under the costume. This is Miles kind of owning it more than ever before by being like, you know, look at what is clearly, you know, my black guy haircut, which is something mm -hmm. that video games have always had a hard time rendering, but look how good it is. Yeah, I'm fine with him having hair, especially because Peter has a couple of suits where he has the hair out as well, and that seemingly is fine for people. Spider-Man India has it, a couple of yeah. the slingers have it. Yeah, sure, you know, make it your own thing, remix, remaster it. I just feel like, oh, was there a subquest line, or was there, like, another cutscene that they cut that explained how he got to that point? Because it feels like Miles has this truly awesome journey of, you know, having this reckoning with Martin Lee, which he never got to do in the original game or in his DLC, so it mm -hmm. makes perfect sense for it to be here. Yep. He basically rejects his darker half, much in the same way that Spider-Man has to, and then he just kind of comes back with a new costume, and I'm like, oh, it feel, feels like there should have been a moment there. I, I have to assume it's probably going to get covered in DLC, or, like, maybe if there's another Miles game. Maybe. Like, I was expecting something like, oh, did Martin Lee help you make that costume? Because there was a whole thing about how Miles gets a whole other set of powers. Mm -hmm. th that looks like negative powers, because it's the same sort of, like, black electric energy that Lee shoots. Only for him and Lee to have this moment where he's like, well, no, I didn't do that to you. That was you. Yeah, that's your powers evolving. That's your powers evolving. And it's like, oh, you know, wouldn't that be interesting? But yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's a whole thing. But yeah really good the final battle's really good the fact that they hold out on making norman osborne a villain for as long as they do i know he's he's not even really a villain in this book in this uh game no it's true and like i mean he certainly does some bad like shitty mayor stuff and everything but mostly all the bad stuff he does is in service of trying to help his son which makes mm -hmm. him so much more than a cut and dry villain yeah and also, classic Norman learning all the wrong lessons. Oh, Harry, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have experimented on your son to save your life. I promise, moving forward, I will only experiment on myself. <laughs> yes. And yes. nothing bad could happen with this G serum. Yes, yes, and 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 then also teaming with Doc Ock in the post credits. Yeah. <laughs> Which, which that's great too. When you know Otto's in his book, he's like, "What are you working on?" The final chapter. I really thought he was going to say, "My master plan," <laughs> or some shit like that. And also, hey, we get another. Uh, what is it? Uh, big stinger on top of that. Cindy Moon. Holy shit! 
yeah yeah that was pretty cool that was another thing where like i kind of think they needed to to like build that up a little bit more with rio like she she mentions i think once in the whole game that oh she's seeing someone like seeing someone and like going yeah. on dates and stuff and you don't get to meet that guy until that the very end that very end which they could have built that up a little bit more where you meet him and you you find out his name but you don't find out his last name until the end right because yeah i'm like who the fuck is this guy that's like oh it's his daughter that's important holy shit yeah she she also seems to be a lot younger no word on whether or not she was bitten by the same uh spider that bit peter this also puts miles in an interesting position possibly for the dlc or the third one to where now he has to be the big brother mentor figure to someone else he has to pay it forward that would actually be pretty cool like readjusting uh cindy's like role in the spider family and making her like miles's sort of protege like, yeah. protege that, that that's pretty cool i think that's pretty cool also from a gameplay point of view uh cindy moon silk has different powers than mm -hmm. spider-man and peter parker and miles so to put it that way i think would actually be really interesting to recontextualize it that also means you could potentially get new villains like ezekiel or something down the line if you wanted to do that also hey they clearly seem to be looking in a goblin goblin nation direction for the third mm -hmm. game and oh yeah hey cindy's long lost brother who who was he a member of oh the goblin nation you say we're definitely going to need some more new villains because like a lot of the they villains killed a like, lot. they killed vulture they they killed rhino they killed scorpion they killed a lot of villains they killed a lot of heavy hitters now some of them i think could easily be replaced like instead of scorpion you get ultimate scorpion mm -hmm. either the one who was kind of a peter parker clone or the cartel enforcer that mm -hmm. uh, Miles fought first, who has like a chain stinger thing. Yeah, yeah, you, you could do that. Like, the, 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 these characters you could easily just replace with other Spider-Man characters because there there is a lot of Spider-Man characters. And this game even builds up like a couple. Have you done any of the side missions? I've done most of the side missions, and they're all yeah. really great. Yeah. So we get fucking Cletus Cassidy and yeah. and Chameleon and a, a bunch of other villains hinted at. As the chat is saying, too, Starling, yeah, Starling obviously would be a perfect black cat stand-in for Miles. I think it would be perfect to have him fight a younger lady vulture. I think that would be super cool. That would be pretty cool, yeah. And again, she blames Spider-Man, where it's like, hey, you didn't save my grandpa, you dick. Yeah. Yeah, he was a villain to you, but he was my grandpa. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I mean, somebody, and again, you don't need Shocker. You could put in, like, Pace Pot Pete or Looter or someone who spills that void. I'm like, I'm a Spider-Man villain, kind of. <laughs> you know, one thing I was waiting for in this game, and I, th I think it was just because, like, it, it was so funny that you would think they would do it, was the whole uh, symbiote Spider-Man Shocker stuff from, right. the, from the anime. I'm like, come on, do it, do it. Do it. But we don't even Everyone see Shocker at all. Everyone wanted it. <laughs> No, everyone wanted that. We got the church. We got the church uh -huh. that yeah. is in every Venom story, but they even put that, uh, you know, they even switched that one up a little bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know who they have to have, though? They have to have Janice Lincoln. They have to have Beetle in the third one because Tombstone has continued to be such a big, interesting character across mm -hmm. all these games. He has, hasn't he? I could imagine a great storyline where Tombstone comes to Spider-Man, whichever one it might be, hat in hand, and says, I need you to help me save my daughter. She's been kidnapped by a villain calling themselves the Beatle, but then you find out, oh shit, Janice Lincoln is the Beatle, actually. <laughs> 
I think that would be a great twist. And it, you could basically have Tombstone have his own take in moments. Like, well, you know, I thought I was on the straight and narrow. You know, I thought, you know, everything was going good. That he puts, like, his biker jacket on again one more time. <laughs> hey, maybe get Robbie and Randy involved somehow, too. We got, uh, what is it, Robbie in this game for the photo missions. And I love getting to hear from him. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's, he's, he's really cool. Um, Do you reckon they'll turn Genki into a villain? Ooh, I don't know. Why, you think? Well, I mean, it could happen. I mean, if they, mat you know, kind of mash up the whole Ned leads Ganky thing, because, you know, they basically yeah. made Ned in the movie Ganky. That's what I'm thinking, Ned, yeah. And Ned very famously was the fake Hobgoblin for mm -hmm. a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, rumor, too, again, I don't know if you saw this, but if you go by the Nelson and Murdoch uh, place from the first game, their sign isn't there anymore, and when they ask the makers of the game... What's that about? They basically just said, oops, stay tuned. Yeah, I, it's going to be DLC. There's probably going to be build-up. Because we also got, like, uh, it was fairly obvious it was going to happen, but they announced that that Wolverine game is set in the same universe. Which and I think was a pretty prolonged conclusion at this point. Between that and Miles actually getting a Wolverine costume. For and, fuck's sake. <laughs> you, you know, uh, it was fairly obvious. But, yeah, I have to assume that it's going to build up towards that sort of stuff. Which, how cool would that be? Because we see in this game how easy it is for other heroes to swoop in and out and help you out. So imagine getting to go to, like, New Jersey or something and having Matt jump in and out to help you. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty freaking cool. I'd be pretty down for that. Also, hey, maybe get some Daredevil villains in there, like Stiltman or Leapfrog mm. or uh, even Bullseye or something. Yes, yes. Bring in the Punisher or something. Exactly. Because I was going to say, if you could make a guy like uh, Craven into such an awesome boss fight, I think you could easily make the Punisher into an awesome boss fight. Yeah. Just just give him all the abilities of all the regular henchmen. He's got blades you have to parry. He has explosives. He can jump up on walls and everything. He can snipe you. Just give him all of those abilities. Yeah, he's got a shield that just looks like his skull. Uh, yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> it would be so easy to make the Punisher amazing boss fight. And also he has four stages because all the bosses in this had like three to four stages, which I thought was really interesting. It was really cool, yeah. Yeah, you keep wearing them down. It's like, ah, oh, it's over. I got it. Nope, back again. Yeah. Oh, Venom has wings now. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the amount of love they gave the Donny Cates era in this is quite impressive because they work in Null and the Spiral. They don't say it, but that's obviously what that is. And then the wings. It's impressive. And it's also impressive that Insomniac of all people seemingly didn't pay donny for any of that oh did they not actually it, 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 he he heavily implied on twitter that like he got nothing from this even though they uh -oh. basically culled everything from his venom run oh that's that's bullshit they yeah. really they really should have paid him for that because that is all him mm -hmm, mm -hmm. also as someone else pointed out obviously uh what they do with the Life Foundation symbiotes, because Scream is a boss fight in this, but also all the symbiote henchmen, the big one is the same color as Riot, then you get ones mm -hmm. that look like Phage and Lasher and everything else, and they basically use their move sets, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty dope. It's pretty cool, yeah. It's pretty cool, and I'm like, yeah, this is this is all the Life Foundation symbiotes deserve. They deserve to be mooks. Only one <laughs> of them deserves to be a boss, and they picked the right one. <laughs> I agree. Also, man, you know, this game too, as people were very quick to bring up, it really hits you with the feels in some of those missions. Howard, Fine Grandpa, where it's like, oh yeah, 
one of the other great things about Spider-Man isn't just that he's a cool hero with regular people problems. He's a hero who understands tragedy and loss and other mm. people can feel that and they allow him in to feel their pain with him for mm-hmm. a bit. And I'm like, wow, that's a really powerful, really uniquely Spider-Man thing they've zeroed in in, huh? It's pretty cool. All, all the side missions I've done so far, because I haven't completed all of them yet. I've got like two or three left. I've been really good. I played one recently where you play as uh, Haley. That's a really good one too. And, and they let you know what it feels like to be deaf. Yeah, it's, it was really cool. I really liked how they did it. I liked that it was all done with like, uh like emoji like signal mm. things and it wasn't like the oh she has echo powers somehow yeah to do it or anything yeah great great use of the playstation 5 controller both to do mm-hmm. her street art and also to feel the vibration in your controller mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's quite interesting how this one let you uh what is it play a bunch of different characters at different points it is yeah they, they're kind of branching out a little bit very much so also, if you told me just last year that this game would have a third-person shooter Mary Jane section, I'd be like, fuck right off. <laughs> See, I I don't know why people complained about the Mary Jane section so much. I thought they were fine. No, I, I thought they were great. I thought yeah. they were much better than the first one. They're shorter, more direct, and also they give you a gun. Any stealth <laughs> section is better when you have a gun. And it all builds off of like stuff we've seen in that first game and in the Miles game when they go to Simcaria and she has Absolutely. to like... Uh, like build up those type of skills or what she learns from silver sable Mm -hmm. and everything it's great in fact hey forget giving her jackpot powers in the main universe they should have just given her a gun is what they should have done yeah with a web shooter attached to it (laughs) yeah just all mary jane gun all the time she starts going to the range and everything and she just upgrades to bigger and bigger guns over time to by the end she's just got a big ass cable gun That's that's all the character needed to breathe fresh life into her. Give her a gun. Yeah. <laughs> or or maybe a symbiote. Which which fucking blows my mind too. Out of all the different characters they've made scream over the years in comics, why did they never think to make Mary Jane scream? Maybe t- too obvious maybe, I don't know. I maybe cuz I'm just like, wow, it's actually pretty cool of all the choices they could have had. Why didn't yeah. they do that? I would have liked that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so this one's great. Can't wait to see what they do next. DLC can't come soon enough, though I'm sure we'll be waiting a little bit for it. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to what they do with the DLC, especially since they hinted at the the Matt Murdock stuff. Uh, I also can't wait till that that uh, Wolverine game, whenever that comes yeah. out. Yeah, man, you know, especially seeing, you know, the lengths they went to in this Spider-Man game and how they showed, like, oh, this Spider-Man game can really be anything we need it to be, man. What do we think that Wolverine game is going to be like? <laughs> I don't know. Because, you know, he cuts people, so it's probably going to be more violent. Are they going to play with the idea that he can heal himself? I imagine there'd be some really fun puzzle potential where you, like, have to hurt yourself as Logan, but it's okay, so you won't die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, this door is electrified. What are we going to do? Don't worry, Bob. I got it. Ah. I can just run through it. It's fine. Yeah. Just run through it. Lose all your skin. Kind of like you do in that Venom segment when he just powers through shit. Yeah. Is it all going to be slashes? Is he going to get to knock people up in the air? Is he going to have a counter mechanic? You know, what's it going to be like? I wonder. Is it going to be more level-based? Is it going to be open world? How is he going to get around? Can we customize his motorcycle? That'd be fun. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, American Choppers, but with Wolverine Mutant Choppers. <laughs> he has a little bumper sticker on the back that says Cyclops sucks eggs. 
Because you know he would. <laughs> <laughs> actually, hey, speaking of video games, actually, you know, we'll, we'll jump into that piece of news, actually, first. Uh, so apparently Ryan North, the guy who's currently writing Fantastic Four, announced on Twitter that he's been tapped to uh, be part of the writing team for that upcoming Iron Man game from EA, which is yet another game that I think after this Spider-Man game, we're all kind of like, ooh, man, you better bring your fucking A's to this one, man, or else. I know, right? Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for that Iron Man game because it is EA Motive, and they've done some really good games in the past. Um, and that they, they know like what they're doing with the the projects they they have. They they don't fill them with microtransactions or anything because they did good. they did like that Star Wars Squadrons game, um, mm. which was really really good. I really like that one. Man, you know, it's like Iron Man is one of those characters, too, that when you stop and think about it, this guy's kind of the perfect video game character because he can mm. fly, he can shoot, he can fight. He has dozens of pieces of customizable armor, a lifetime of amazing different suits and unlockables. <laughs> You figure there's, like, so many things they could do here. Like, like imagine Iron Man by way of Armored Core. Imagine you can build the armor your way. Yeah, there you go. Build it for power or build it for speed or just use your favorite one from the comics. I like the Silver Centurion. I like the Heartbreaker armor. <laughs> like, again, C would be so obvious. And even then, he's got plenty of good villains he could throw in there, too. Most of them are just, you know, other guys in armor. But you also got, like, the controller and Fing Fang Foom and everything. Yeah, Fing, yeah, Fing Fang Foom. Mandarin. Or, or, he's got some interesting villains. But, yeah, a lot of them are just like, oh, it's, it's a guy in a red suit or a blue yeah. suit yeah or a uh, green uh, suit uh, living laser you know mm -hmm. again they could have some fun with this if they really wanted to yeah you gotta wonder and also you know iron man would be perfect for cameos from like shield and everything else if they want oh uh, yeah absolutely that that's definitely gonna happen absolutely what, what's cool about the Spider-Man game is that they gave us such a nice split between the hero lives of both Peter and Miles. Do you think the Iron Man game will let us live the Tony Stark experience when we just stumble around his mansion, drinking, telling call girls to leave? <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Yeah, th that's the thing in the game, you know, uh, you know, you get health packs that, you know, uh, restore your health points, but then you also get booze points, which bring your health down. So be sure to stay away from the booze. You got to dodge it. It would be cool to have sections kind of similar to the Mary Jane sections, except uh, similar to, say, like Watchdogs, where mm. where where Tony, because he's Tony Stark, he can like make like a grenade from like just bits of shit hanging around his workshop, or like you know, uh, uh, like hack into cameras and stuff. I like that he's doing like advanced hacker man stuff. Mm. That would be very cool. Again, there's lots of places they could go with Iron Man, and I hope they do go there now. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. But hey, you know, that's not the only Spider-Man piece of news we had to talk about. It's the cover for the show, and it's something I'm sure people are dying to hear us talk about. We now officially know what Jonathan Hickman's Ultimate Spider-Man is going to be after much wondering and much conjecture. Yeah, and it's kind of something that I kind of assumed was going to happen what people have been yelling at marvel forever we want an older married more self-realized peter parker and seemingly that's what it is it's the family parker him and mary jane are married he's got a beard and they also have not one but two kids yes yes and and they were quick to also mention that peter got bitten by the spider 
after he had the children so the kids or won't later. be so that and, and again it's what other people have been saying and i have to agree with it it's it's not going to be a story that's meant to be about peter but ends up always just being about the kids because they now have powers and he's got to go and save them from being trying to be heroes or something you know mm. it, the kids won't have powers so they probably won't be involved in their superhero stuff Yes, absolutely, because obviously we had seen in this new Maker Ultimate universe, there was a spider, it was going to bite Peter, mm -hmm. but then he stopped it from happening, meaning that it had to have happened later on, which opens up a million interesting questions and potential avenues for this story, where it's like, okay, if Peter didn't become Spider-Man until later in life, what happened to his life up until that point? How did he meet Mary Jane mm -hmm. and eventually marry her? What about all of these other assorted characters? Did Norman become the Green Goblin like he would have anyway? Or did, you know, uh, it not happen? You know, mm -hmm. what about the symbiote? What about any of these other number of things? What about Flash or Gwen or Harry or anything? Yes, and I, I'm sure Hickman's going to cover all of that in in the book. And we do know now as well, I've seen art of it that... Uh, the uh the reed richards doom of, yes. of that earth uh does indeed get the spider from maker so he's probably the one who gives it to him interesting also to you know the fact of like okay this is a peter parker who is married and in a book written by hickman obviously you know he had written a married couple before when he did the fantastic four book back in the mm -hmm. day i don't know if i would particularly call him a lovey-dovey writer he's really well suited to longing obviously uh he kicked off the whole uh mystique destiny you know we'll do anything to be with each other even if that means burning down the world and everything around us to do so <laughs> i have to wonder you know is this is this him stretching his wings as a writer a little bit being like yeah you know i can i, I can write married bliss i can write suburbia i don't have to always be rewriting the cosmic laws of the universe first issue of I the spider-man comic will start with him being divorced from mary jane right oh wouldn't that <laughs> piss people off so much because in many ways this almost feels like marvel trying to throw a, a bone to the fan base where it's like okay we we've heard your loud shrieks of anger you know, you want Peter Parker to be married, you want him to be happy and more self-realized, like he is in every other Spider-Man story <laughs> currently, be it the video games, be it the movies and everything. Okay, we did it. Y you gonna buy this book now, though? Yeah. Or are you gonna throw up your hands and be like, oh, it's not 616, so it's that, not real? That's what I was gonna say, yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I think, like, Marvel view it like that. It was like, that. well, he can be married here because it's not the the real universe it's not the one yeah. we really care about so he, yeah. he he can be married and be that that but in the main book he has to have a 24 issue arc about going crazy because mary jane decided to move on with her life <laughs> yes and, and also rec rap we are very very invested <laughs> in rec rap right yeah, tw now 24 issue arc on rec rap <laughs> That's that's where it's at. That's what the kids want. That's what's hip in these streets these days. Rec rap. We should yeah. know. You, you you know what I would do now if I was like Zeb Wells and the guys writing Spider Man. I would like pitch them a story where it's like somehow like Peter gets a glimpse into this ultimate universe and sees like 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 his his other self and like he's married and he's got kids and everything and like he just gets so like fucking mad and turns again into a villain and it just ends with like him killing himself oh jesus <laughs> that's what i would do yeah. i uh i wouldn't put it past them at this point in spider-man comics not gonna lie <laughs> I, I i had a much longer much more animated conversation on this same topic uh with sal over on comic pop 
when this news broke and he he brought up something quite interesting because you no know, I think he's much less distru- he's much more distrustful of Marvel at this point with this story cuz he vividly still remembers Renew Your Vows remember that short-lived series which was also about a Peter and MJ who were married in another earth and happy and everything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that only lasted about two volumes give or take despite the fact that you know it had a superstar artist on it it had uh jerry conway a beloved spider-man writer at the helm Mm -hmm. and he feels like is this yet again marvel kind of testing the audience to be like okay you say you want these things you yell at us endlessly and constantly about wanting these things we're giving you an option now we're giving you a whole alternate book are you gonna buy it or are you gonna let this one fail so we can feel justified in never having them be a couple in the com or you know in the main universe again we can just forever point to this and be like hey we tried to give you what you want and you guys didn't buy it so i mean that that is a fair thing to do where it's like yeah if they've given you it and people don't turn up to it despite you know taking to social media and demanding it and it's like it's right there you can have it but they don't want it because it's not this thing exactly you know i can understand yeah. why they I, they're kind of justified in what, like why they couldn't do it now it, because like the sad truth about the current state of Spider-Man is we can agree that it's maybe some of the weakest it's been in a very long time. But here's the other thing. It's also continues to be one of Marvel's sells most really well. Yeah. It's it still sells very well because there mm-hmm. probably is a very silent majority of people out there who don't interact with the internet fandom mm-hmm. side of things, who just buy the book every month because they've been buying it their entire life, you know, whether it's good, bad, or whatever. They just do it. It's it's their stories. It's their soap opera. It's their Coronation Street. It's their General Hospital, which I totally get that. Before I worked in the industry as, like, a work-a-day critic, that's totally how I consumed a lot of my media. So it will be interesting to see if this makes a considerable difference because this has a couple things going for it that the Renew Your Vow story didn't have going for it. One, Jonathan Hickman, who Mm -hmm. I think is one of the last names in comics who can move books solely just on his name and his resume. Yep. Marco Cicchetto, probably one of the hottest rising art stars I know after his work on Daredevil was done. I'm like, shit, why didn't they snatch him up for anything else? Well, apparently they did, and it was this project. (laughs) So that's pretty good. And also, New Ultimate Universe, which has a lot of people excited. Uh, I work with another guy there, uh, Johnny Tuchellos. He's an animation YouTuber. I'm ghostwriting some stuff for him. I'm researching stuff for him on the side. He loves Ultimate Comics and loves Ultimate Spider-Man. That was his Marvel Universe. That's when he was reading comics the most. That was his way in. So he's really excited to pick this up just on the strength of it being, you know, a new Marvel. But at the same time, too, I have to keep stressing that it's a new Ultimate Marvel. It's not the Ultimate Marvel you remember. This is new and different. It's it's basically the ultimate universe in name only and only because well technically the maker made it happen and he's from the old ultimate universe but still it's 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 from what we've read of it so far it's the ultimate universe without the mark miller edginess yeah which hey more power to you and also really when we stop and think about it original ultimate spider-man was all about a young a young Mm spider-man in the what was Mm -hmm. distinguishably the modern era that was a little bit more topical where the stakes were higher where death meant death and everything this new ultimate spider-man almost feels like an inverse of that because it's an Mm -hmm. older married more self-realized Mm spider-man which i can only assume where the same rules are going to apply where dead means dead 
and maybe it takes place, you know, very much so in 2023. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see about that. Yeah, it's coming very soon. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i definitely excited for it because how could I not be? Because like I said, those are three things I like a whole lot. Hickman, Married Spider-Man, Chichetto Ultimate Comics. But also, yes. in the back of my mind, I am a little worried about the greater shell game of it all. Where this is like Marvel and Spider-Man editorial being like, okay, motherfuckers, cards on the table. What are you going to do? What are you going to do now, <laughs> motherfuckers? And, and make no mistake, I'm sure that first issue will sell huge. Because oh, number one, always sell huge. But then when it gets to like issue two, three, beyond there, I'm like, are people people going to drop off on this? Is this not going to be the biggest thing? Because we we both liked Ultimate Invasion for the most part, but when it got to that final issue, it's like, oh, oh, that was it, huh? I hope we don't bring more of that energy to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do feel, though, I think maybe Hickman was on a time schedule for that. Maybe. To get that out by a certain date. But, yeah, I, I think... um. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm just, I'm just saying I hope Kang doesn't come in and ruin this too. <laughs> <laughs> it's me. I'm from the future. Time loops within time loops. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Did you build your web shooters? No, you didn't. You went in time and learned how to build your web shooters from a you who had already done it. Did you think about it? No, too late. <laughs> Explosions. <laughs> I'm the Dr. Reed Doom. I am a thing. Because Hickman really genuinely seems to love the Fantastic Four and that family of characters. Yeah, he does. And they always keep coming back in one way or another, and it'll be interesting to see how they come together here. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to when that Ultimate Universe starts. I know that special issue I think comes out this week. Does it? The, oh, the, we'll the, have to talk about the, the one called Ultimate it's ultimate universe or something it's just like a special which right. it, i i think it was originally meant to be ultimate invasion issue what five? Oh, probably yeah <laughs> I, I like they also had some new stuff for ultimate thor this week but that got completely drowned out by spider-man because how the fuck couldn't it <laughs> i i will say from a multi multimedia standpoint good ass you know way to time all of these things just right because i literally beat spider-man 2 then i came online and it's like oh hickman new ultimate spider-man and i'm like oh well this is really good timing <laughs> these two things couldn't have lined up better if they tried and yet here we are mm -hmm. now, now it's funny too we were talking about spider-man always selling so big here's the thing i didn't know uh something actually did dwarf amazing spider-man at marvel recently you know what that book was what was that predator wolverine oh which is pretty dope, and also probably a good indication that they're going to be making more Predator books in the future. I imagine we'll be getting the Predator books, we're getting more Alien versus stuff, and yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. I'm surprised they just didn't fully pull the trigger and they're like, fuck it, new Alien versus Predator series. Oh, I'm sure it's coming. Oh, I'm sure it is they've too. Been doing, sure they've been like... doing uh, steady, like, Alien and Predator books, uh, like, on and off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Kuhn helping us out in the chat. As we all know, time is not a line but a circle, which is why clocks are round. Dude, 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 that's pretty cosmic, my dude. Yeah. It's the one thing that everyone seems to forget about comics. It's it's all a cycle. It's all a cycle. Yeah. Just because, you know, someone isn't in a comic now doesn't mean they're not going to be in a comic in a year or so, you know? <laughs> what happening, what's the status quo now won't be the status quo in six months and stuff. Yeah. 
And as we have seen time and time again from the likes of Jeff Johns, in 30 years from now, a new young hotshot writer-editor might take over and say, fuck it, Spider-Man's married again. Why? Because that's how I remember mm-hmm. it when I was a kid. Exactly. Also, also, Barry Allen is the Flash again, and Hal Jordan is Green Lantern. But, but, but they haven't been for the... Yeah, but fuck you. Yep. That's why. Yep. I, I like them, and they're going to be big and important <laughs> now, because I say yeah. they are. Dick, Dick Grayson will be Batman again. <laughs> sure, why not? Because I grew up with it. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. why. Yep. <laughs> Dick Dick Grayson is only 23. <laughs> that uh, that was another thing apparently from Comic-Con when they were interviewing Nick Lowe. Uh they asked him how old is Spider-Man and he said, "Oh, Peter Parker is the same age as Cyclops. They're only 28." Yeah, that was my reaction to just to bold-facedly uh-huh, uh-huh. laugh. There is n- there is no fucking way Cyclops is only 28 years old. He's had what? Two marriages, multiple future kids, <laughs> been in prison. He's, he's been through it. He's been through it. <laughs> he, he is the hardest yeah. living 28-year-old I have ever met. I, I refuse to believe I am older than Spider-Man. <laughs> Right, I know. That was my same thing, too. I'm like, is this how Paul Dini felt for years? When everyone said, oh, yeah, Batman's uh, this old. And I'm like, go to hell. <laughs> uh, g- Go to hell with all of that. And, like, look, I get it. Marvel, sliding time scale, people can stay the same age for a long time because they kind of have to. But, again, just to hear that, it's just like fucking poppycock, sir. That they are only 28. If they're only 28, how old is Captain America? <laughs> adjusted for how long he was in the ice yeah. for which actually gets more and more interesting the longer he's in yeah. the ice for. hey he's not a day over 26 <laughs> yeah he's not a day over 26 doesn't he look great <laughs> looks great for his age doesn't he <laughs> the ice will do that to you yeah and when he was the older <laughs> cap he was only like like 41 <laughs> for real how, how have they not told more stories about that? People who want to, like, you know, stay young forever, so they take the super soldier serum and throw themselves in the ice. Mm-hmm. Like, there's like a whole like industry of people who start doing that. The Captain America, you know, de aging method. Yeah, the experience, Captain America experience. Yeah, all the billionaires yeah. like freezing themselves in ice, like fucking Walt Disney. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's Gwyneth Paltrow's new idea after Goop. She's going to be giving people serum and throwing them into the Arctic. You know, you joke about that, but I'm fairly certain that she had something that was something to do with, like, cryogenic, <laughs> like... Of like, course. Like, sitting in a freezer for, like, 20 minutes, like, de-ages you by 10 years. You know, some bullshit like that. Oh, oh yeah, that was really popular, the whole ice bath thing, where people mm. are like, what you gotta do is submerge yourself in freezing water every day because fucking antioxidant bullshit something. <laughs> I uh, I was overhearing someone, uh, what was it, they were watching, like, a car YouTube channel, and it's like, yeah, that's sure, fine, whatever, you know, cars are cool. They were they were doing, like, restorations and shit where it's like, you know, we, we dragged this classic car from the bottom of the river and we're gonna restore it here on YouTube. But the ads this guy was doing was, like, the most fucking crazy-ass ads ever, where it's like, hey, men, do you feel like your testosterone's going down? Oh, well, God. it's a well-known fact that, I know, that was my thought, too. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, a guy with a beard who works on cars is gonna start 
start talking to me about fucking testosterone. It's a well-known fact, but with my brand new series, all you have to do is send them some blood, and I'm like, oh, the car YouTuber wants your literal blood now, oh, yeah. great. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just put my blood in, in, the, in the mail to, like, someone I've never met. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I definitely trust this guy. And, like, you know what, for all, for all the scams we get as comic book YouTubers where it's like, hey, you know, freaking talk about my new AI comic, or, like, hey, talk about my new friggin you know vegan experience book i'd be like yeah no <laughs> at least no one ever asks for blood at least none of the scam artists ever asks for blood <laughs> not yet anyway yeah not yet this uh this is actually a segue to our ad for this week matt uh male testosterone blood service just send it to us and then we'll do it <laughs> see look see i kept listening to him and he had some good ideas and by good ideas i mean 500 dollars a plug and joel needs that money so <laughs> so let's fucking do it <laughs> I, uh, I say $500 because that's what uh, BetterHelp was paying YouTubers back when uh, they advertised on YouTube before they got embarrassed. Damn. And now they just, yeah, and now they just advertise on podcasts. It's funny. They got run off of YouTube for being a scam because I think like a couple people had some pretty shitty experiences okay. with them. And then to see them just completely turn around and be like, all right, fine. Fuck you, YouTube. We don't need you. We're just going to freaking advertise on every podcast you like now. <laughs> We'll give them that money because they don't care, or at least their comment section isn't public. Fuck you. <laughs> Again, I don't know if the thing was a scam or not. I just know what other people were getting paid at the time. <laughs> uh now one other piece of news we had going on here is uh hey, remember that Jason Liu Sentry book they were talking about? Yes, yes, it comes out in December. Yeah, the century has died, but now his power is seemingly going into other people. We see some concept art from this looking pretty good. We see three different people who have become the new centuries, essentially. Yeah, they all get new suits, and we got we got to see, like, a little bit of, like, when they seemingly get the power, I guess. Or, like, when yeah. the power, like, possesses them. One of them, like, blows up a wall because he sees, like, an image of, of century ripping someone in half. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, it's good shit. I uh, I like it. Yeah, and I I like, I like the 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 diversity of the characters as well because we got I believe uh, a disabled woman. Yes. Um, we got this guy who who just looks like the Sentry, but with short yeah. hair. Yeah. Uh, and then I believe an Indian man. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, it looks cool, and you know, Sentry is one of those ideas that's like really solid and it's like i don't know why it takes them so long in between to keep coming back to that well i know i know i, I wonder if they're a little afraid of it where it's like oh you know we don't want people to say that you know we got like our own superman you know we don't want to you know mess with the the power scaling and everything so much so we can only come back to the century every couple years that's what i think it is because they because like in past stories they've built him up so much as like if he appears it's a real problem because like who can stop him mm -hmm. or they bring him back for the sole purpose just to kill him like yeah. they did in that null event just to show how strong the new yeah. villain is yeah yeah <laughs> he's, he's become quite the quite the measuring stick so this this seems different and interesting to be like look we're using the sentry name and iconography to maybe tell a whole other different story yeah and also, yeah, shit, he did die in that King in Black event. He's been dead for actually quite a long time, hasn't for a he? In while, comic yeah. time. Yeah. 
and nobody cared. Did they have a funeral for the century? They really should have. I don't think anyone, anyone actually even realized he died. <laughs> I know, right? Where the where the fuck was his funeral? Or because the century is just so goddamn powerful, they just assume, fuck it, he'll be back. <laughs> yeah, they, they never have funerals for, for Bob. Yeah, he, they know, oh, he'll be back. I mean, really, the Marvel Universe, the superhero world as it is, where it's like, yeah, sure, he's dead now. Wait a month. Yeah, this is also they, uh, really interesting that he's coming back now because there, there's obviously rumors that he's going to be in Thunderbolts. Yes, that's and he's the going hot to be rumor, played by Steve Yoon, which would be pretty fucking dope, actually. Yeah, I really like that he guy. Gets, he'll, he'll get to play essentially Invincible in live action. <laughs> Man, I, I actually uh, rewatched the first episode of Invincible last night because that comes back in just a couple of weeks, and that did comes really back good on this my channel. Week. Oh, my fucking... There's too much stuff, Matt. There's too much stuff going on. <laughs> new games, new movies, new releases of everything. I can't. I cannot keep up with it all. I really can't. I just I just need... I, I need a big, long vacation where I don't go anywhere, where I just wake up at 8 and just consume all the things I need to consume. I, I watched the new Gen V. I didn't have time to watch the new Loki before we started. Oh, it's, it, it's such a turn. It really is. Yeah. From what I hear. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, what, for Gen V or Loki? Because both. Oh, uh, but had both. Really good turns. <laughs> Fucking both, yeah. Yeah, they're uh, they're really building up that thing in Gen V. They weren't joking when they said that this season is going to be a handoff to the next season of The Boys. It really feels like it. This, this episode in particular was like, okay, this is all like stuff that we saw in the last season of The Boys. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Man, I never thought Newman would become such a good character, but she really is on know, like right? a whole other level here. So good. And again, the fact where it's like, I don't know whose side you're on. I, yeah. I, mean, I, I think she, she, she's on her own side. That's the thing. She just wants yeah. to come out on top. Yeah, you, you don't know whether you can like, oh, she's doing a good thing, but then she's also like exploding people's heads and everything. And she, she's doing good things for bad reasons is yeah. what it is. And her powers where are exactly the same as... Uh, Marie's. Marie's, yeah. Which is really cool. And I kind of theorized that too, where it's like, oh yeah, you manipulate the blood. Oh, you know, yeah. you're uh you're yeah. you're trying too hard with the swords and the whips and anything, just just make it explode in people's <laughs> heads. Yeah, yeah, it takes her powers from like being like like telepathic or like like psychic like I thought they were to like, oh yeah, she's just like bursting people's blood vessels in their head. It's a it's a real Sith moment too, where she's like, you know, look at me with your powers. What do you see? <laughs> we we are a kind, you and I. Join me yeah, on the dark see, side. See together. the midi, midi chlorines in in a bloodstream. Yeah, really, really good use of cameos in this show too. They don't go nuts with it, but all the cameos they have are really good and like really well used. Yeah, uh, yeah, they brought back that uh tucker carlson asshole <laughs> cameron coleman who is just so perfectly filling that void of like an ultra right-wing talking head why do you hate america senator <laughs> after she just talked about how much she loves it yeah <laughs> i know uh, also also that that nice kid who they're trying to help with the puppet schizophrenia where it's like oh you poor thing you were out in the real world for half a like half an afternoon and you already got red pilled in the time you were out yeah you, you you got saddled with all the fucking tiki torch wearing motherfuckers yeah which again fucking rufus whose name is very close to rufy of course he has a red homelander hat of course he would <laughs> make america homelander again <laughs> 
uh, but yeah, that show's great. Hopefully, I will get a chance to catch up on Loki. But yeah, there's just there's just too much good stuff going on right now. Yeah, yep. I I I truly feel like I do not have enough hours in the day to complete all this stuff. Though I will probably have to hop back into Invincible because it was good for my channel, and I did see a major hit when Harley Quinn and uh, my adventures with Superman stopped. Yeah, yeah, we got that coming back this week. I think next week is that Godzilla show, which I'm really excited oh, for. Yeah. That, I'm really excited for that because Matt Fraction is writing on that, as is Mariko really? Tamaki. Okay, you've kind of sold me on that now because yeah. I wasn't sure. I'm like, is this another world I need to get into? Is this another thing? Matt Fraction, I think, is show running it. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. What's, what's that new one on Netflix? It's a Ubisoft related uh, Captain Laserhawk, uh, a Blood Dragon adventure, which is like kind of a spinoff of their Far Cry DLC. But also the show has Rayman and uh, some Assassin's Creed jokes. And also mm, okay. I think Ke Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes are in it, too, actually. No, OK, I haven't heard of that show. Okay, so yeah, like, I knew they were making a Laserhawk show, which is like the comedy, you know, 80s send-up of, uh, of, like, Far Cry 3 or 4. I can't yeah, remember which yeah, the, one it the, was. the Blood Dragon one, yeah. Yeah, Blood Dragon. I knew they were making a show out of that, and I'm like, meh, that's kind of weird. Then I've seen some clips of it, and then I see, like, Rayman is in it, and he's a swearing character, and, like, a bunch of Ubisoft characters are just, like, in the show. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you should you should have told me that that it was an Ubisoft show. <laughs> yes, Captain Laserhawk. That's a thing which just sounds like so like easily skippable. I mean, I don't gotta see that. But now I'm seeing this. I'm like, okay, maybe I do have to watch this because <laughs> that genuinely sounds funny and like a company taking the piss out of itself in a way that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, they probably didn't take the piss out of themselves. The people making the show did. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Will, will we also have a joke about how Ubisoft is actually a terrible place to work, apparently? Yeah, it's full of, like, sexual assault misconduct, and yeah, 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 yeah probably that's, not. That, that, that's the true villain of the show, just a really handsy CEO. Yeah, it's a handsy French CEO, yeah. Yeah, uh, is that why they looked at it? Did Ubisoft see, you know, how good Riot Games was doing with the Arcane show, and they're like, wow, that show did a lot to rehab their image in the public eye. Fuck, can we have one of those ASAP? <laughs> I don't care what it's about. Just do it. They probably <laughs> be saw, about anything. They probably saw that. They probably saw what Edge Runners did as well. Yeah, where it's like, oh, Edge Runners was so good, people forgot about all the problems that CD Projekt read at the time, all all the crunch and all the disappointment, and everything. Fuck it. One one good video game show can really turn people around. <laughs> people seem to really like this animation. We we, yeah. we should we should look into it. It seems like a new thing. <laughs> it's the hot new thing. All the kids are loving. <laughs> Uh, also, hey, that Five Nights at Freddy movie came out this week, too. I, I, I no watched it. I it. saw it. What'd you it, think? Because it came out on Peacock the same day it came out in theaters. So why would oh. I go to the theaters when I could just watch it at home? Oh, see, that seems like a missed opportunity. That yeah. seems like a lot it of still made a money shitload of money. No, it still made a shitload of money at the cinemas. Which it naturally was yeah. going to do. Because people were, like, is... having full-out brawls in the cinemas over war and shit. Yeah. Which, again, I'm like, you know what? Respect. Respect for being a fan base more toxic than comic books. Good good job, guys. Yeah. No, Thank I, you. For, thanks for making us seem normal. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw it. And as someone who knows, the, like, the only thing I know about Five Nights at Freddy is, is like, Scary Bear Monster. Like, yeah. I, I quite enjoyed the film. 
That okay, you know, I'm glad you said that, Matt, because I'm hearing so many mixed things. I'm hearing people say that, oh, it's only for people who are super fans and who are really into the lore, because there's like a mm. lot of lore if you're willing to look into it. And other people being like, oh no, you know, they made that they failed because they tried to make like an actual real serious movie out of it with like actual pathos and characters, and that's where it falls apart because Bloomhouse took it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it's fine. It could have done with maybe some more kills, but um, right. Because it's but, PG thirteen, yeah. yeah. they wanted that Which, teen money. It's really weird. It's uh, like I know they wanted that money, but it's it's, it's really weird, isn't it? Because like you play the video games and they're not you know PG or anything from what well, I've seen not, of them. Well, it's jump scares. A lot of the violence mm. is really more implied than anything. There's not mm, a lot of blood, true. but there's a lot of implications about like you know child murder and really horrible mm. stuff. Mm. The funniest thing about the movie is that I, I, the thing about Five Nights at Freddy's, I have never played a single minute of the game, yep. but I really like the lore videos that Matt Pat of, uh, what is it, freaking uh, film theorist, game theorist mm. does. He's in so the all I, I know he is, and I think that's kind of fucking amazing. And and he, says he, sure, he says his theory line, yeah. It's Everyone just claps a theory. And, yeah. And yet, you know, at that point, I'm like, you know what? Good on you, fucking Blumhouse. Of all the internet people you could have put in there who are tangentially connected at Five Nights at Freddy's, good for picking the one who is probably the least problematic. Good on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hasn't groomed any kids. Yeah. That, that we know of so <laughs> far. He just. He just seems like a nice guy. Yeah. And also those videos are really well researched as well. And the fact that like he often pushes back against the community who either see him as like, you know, the greatest thing or as like the Antichrist. So the fact that he showed up in the movie, I think is even better. Yeah. I, I wonder if this also uh, made Markiplier really happy because he's got on, he's got a, a video game movie coming out soon. In um, I heard uh, Iron Lung, which I'm excited for because I've actually played that game and it was a really good game. I've heard that actually, where it's like, isn't this funny that Markiplier, probably the other guy who is most conflated with Five Nights at Freddy's and, you know, the reaction jump scare thing, that uh, he also has the same video game movie coming out around the same time. Also, more Matthew Lillard isn't a bad thing. No, yeah, he he's the big villain of the movie, yeah. Uh, of course, of co in what is the most obvious, where yeah. it's like, it's him, isn't he? Yeah, you, I, you, I, you, I, I, I didn't know anything about, like, the lore or anything, So, but, like, when he appeared, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to be, the, like, the villain. Of course he's going to be the villain. Yeah, because he has probably one of the most other famous unmaskings in a horror movie because he's the bad guy in Scream 1, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, it's been so long now, and he's had such a weird career post-Scream from, like, Scooby-Doo to a lot of, like, character work to a lot of nothing. I think people forget what hot shit he was back during that thing. And honestly, mm -hmm. the fact that Scream is probably still his best performance. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, Scream. Scooby-Doo was pretty good. He was pretty suited for Scooby-Doo. So much said that he I now like voices it. the character in, like, cartoons and stuff. Across the board, that's pretty nice, actually. I'm glad he got rewarded for that, because Lord knows Casey Kasem can't do it forever. Uh, Frank Welker will be Fred forever, though, because he's just never going to die. <laughs> That blows my fucking mind. They've recasted everyone in Scooby-Doo except for Frank Welker. Goddamn, the original Megatron. It's still him. <laughs> still him all these years later. Maybe I'll check it out at some point. Like I said, I, I have actually, you know, uh, taken a look at the lore. I'm like, yeah, there's something here. Yeah, it's definitely one of those films that you, you don't have to rush out and see, I don't think. Nah. I mean, hey, Halloween's yeah. coming up. I'll have something to put on in the background. Yeah, I did also see David Fincher's new film, The Killer, which I saw that at the cinemas, but it comes out on Netflix in November sometime, and that that was a fucking good film. Definitely see that what? film. 
What's uh, what's that about? I mean, you had me at Fincher, but what's it about? I uh, haven't actually seen much for it. David Fassbender is like a, a neurotic OCD hitman, and that's all I'm going to tell mm. you about. It's, it's mm. really fucking cool. It makes me really upset that we never got to see Fassbender as James Bond. Yeah, I was going to say, you uh, you have tickled my fancy there. Fincher, Fassbender, OCD hitman. All right. Yeah. Because, I mean, you look at all of other Fincher's movies, it's like, oh, yeah, that's a masterpiece. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Oh, yeah, that's an amazing one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Man, uh, I, I gotta rewatch uh, Gone Girl again. Oh, that, that's or, such a such a good film. Yeah, I gotta rewatch that one again. <laughs> Fucking Ben Affleck, man, killing it in that one <laughs> <laughs> by basically just being himself. <laughs> Which is what makes the film so interesting is that it almost feels like a commentary on Affleck and his career. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, a guy who is you know has all the tools to be likable and yet for some reason just isn't a lot of the time. <laughs> It's weird, right? That's kind of what the movie's about. It's like, you should feel really bad for this guy. Yeah, but I don't, though. And Fincher's <laughs> like, yeah, you're supposed to. That's why. <laughs> yeah, everyone in the film is, like, a terrible person. Except for Perry, yeah. uh, Tyler Perry. He's he's cool. <laughs> in his greatest performance. That's the, like, I had never watched any of the Medea movies. Then I saw him in that. I'm like, oh, this is why people like him. Okay. <laughs> I get it now. All right, good for him. <laughs> Uh, I guess with that, we can hop into what we read this week, and I actually did read more books this week than I thought I was going to. Yeah, I think you read more than me. I read a whole four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do we want to start this week? Should, should we start with Amazing Spider-Man, because it's been a Spider-Man-centric week? Okay, tell, tell what's going on here with Rick Rap. So fucking Rick Rap is back, everybody. Uh, he's hunting down the Insidious Six which were those villains that Chasm created out of demons to look like Spider-Man's Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently because they were created for that purpose, they don't know what else to do with their life but to menace Wreck rap Yeah, that's it. And uh, Wreck rap beats some of them up, and he finds a piece of paper that leads him back to Spider-Man's apartment because I guess for some reason they're also after the real Spider-Man. Spider-Man is in the book, too, but mostly he just sits in the I would, background. I would, yeah, I was going to say, I would hope Spider-Man is in a book called The Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, he he's here physically, but in spirit, he couldn't be further away because yeah. mostly it's just Luke Cage and, uh, what is it, Madeline Pryor yelling at each other about demons in New York and about how this embassy was a bad idea and how it's an election year and... Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, oh, and also we got to stop the book because we're setting up the gang war event that's happening soon. <laughs> it's, I, uh, it's really funny because, like, didn't last issue, the, the like, logline for it was, like, it sets up the, like, next 24-issue arc, and then they immediately stopped that to set up an event. dead. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, they, they instantly stop it. They're taking the piss in those. They're obviously just making fun at this point. They obviously... <laughs> Just, yeah, they stopped dead, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, Gang War is coming up. Who, who's even the villain? What's even at stake in this? Yeah, well, what's, what's what is even, even that event about? Like, I, I, I keep seeing art and everything for it. What the fuck is it even about? So, again, it spins out of the fact that Tombstone seemingly killed Madame Mask at Robbie and Beetle's wedding. Mm. And it's like, well, why the fuck did he do that? Oh, is he trying to start a gang war? Is he trying to steal territory away from the other ones? No, actually, because Hammerhead is actually working for the head of Silvio Silvermane, who is still alive 
after like superior foes like he was a throwaway joke there that he was a head that like the shocker talked to but he's building a new robot body and he says now it's time for the magia to retake control of new york right now for Uh, reasons uh, who cares (laughs) yeah cares I know, I'm like, if this is supposed to get me interested that you're bringing Silvermane back as a villain and not just a throwaway joke, which was the best he's been used in years as a throwaway joke in Superior Foes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this uh, this doesn't do it. You can put him in a new shiny body, but I continue to not give a fuck. And, and, and wasn't this event, like, like kind of massive as well? Like, it had, like, quite a few, like, like tie-ins and main issues and stuff. Because uh, yeah, I remember be the first thing I saw was like the the big the big double page splash ad for it, and it had like all the like the checklist, and it was just a yeah, massive gonna, checklist. It's going to be going on for two months, and it's Holy going to be fuck. taking over. It's going to be taking over multiple books with multiple tie-ins. We've got. <laughs> So the prologue is the next issue, 37. Then we got 38, Miles 12, Amazing Spider-Man Gang War First Strike, which looks to be an anthology, you know, eat my ass. Spider-Woman number one, Luke Cage Gang War. Yes, Luke Cage basically got brought into this issue because he's going to be getting a tie-in. Then we got a Daredevil Gang War tie-in, which looks to be about... uh, Oh, my God. What is it? About Elektra... Uh, goes all the way up to four. Oh, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu is coming back. Shang-Chi oh. is coming back to be in a tie-in. Oh, my God. And then what else do we got going on here? More Daredevil, more Luke Cage. Oh, Jackpot number one. We finally get to see Mary Jane. She was she was supposed to have a miniseries. Now she's just getting a one-shot for this event. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which seems like they're already backing up to it. So the whole thing finally uh, ends. The, the, the final issue is going to be in February and then we get an extra issue, the 28th, which is Miles Morales 17, which is going to be the epilogue. Oh, my God. <laughs> and also, uh, Madame Mask's face is on the final issue cover here, so maybe she's not dead. Maybe she's actually the one behind everything, oh. and maybe the final page spoiled that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, this this just looks fucking tedious. This just looks like, oh, my God. So this is So this is going to wreck the Miles book for a bit what they seek to be implying oh no and it's gonna cross over into a bunch of other like who gives a fuck titles <laughs> it, at least the daredevil book isn't stopping for it and at least a bunch of these other books aren't stopping <laughs> also also hey i guess kingpin's back in new york too so that's kind of interesting so maybe he'll be involved in this. what the fuck happened to butch by the way shouldn't butch be involved in this wasn't he the new kingpin yeah yeah they they Chip Zdarsky did a lot of work setting him up as like the new kingpin, and like no one mentioned him. Yeah, no well, one's Chip talked about work. him. Yeah, well, Zdarsky doesn't work here anymore, so <laughs> so fuck that, I guess. <laughs> but oh yeah, gang war, woo! All the way to February, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! And we just got done Gotham War too. How many wars can we have? I know, I know. <laughs> But yeah, that that was Amazing Spider-Man. Wreck Rap returns, and oh oh boy, he's back. <laughs> he's he's back with a vengeance. Okay, there's one kind of interesting thing. So Madeline Pryor sends like her own demon guy to hunt down all these wayward demons, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure she resurrected the debt collector from like the first two volumes of Spider-Man that Chasm killed. Okay. 
because this debt collector demon recognizes Peter even when he's in the costume. And I'm like, oh, are they finally picking up on that story that they fucking abandoned? <laughs> hey, they, they 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 had to stop that story to go into like a 50 issue arc. So like, OK, it's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> the next 24 issues, man, it's going to influence it all. <laughs> it's never been more important. <laughs> yep. What did you have, Matt? Please, please clean my palette with something not bullshit. Uh, what wasn't bullshit was Action Comics issue 1058. Yes, I read this too. Yeah, Superman fights his evil, mad, maybe space magic doppelganger who doesn't co copy him like in terms of like magical abilities and just like a doppelganger, but like actually literally siphons his powers away. Mm-hmm though is ultimately brought down by the fact that even though he can copy superman's powers he's still not smart enough to yeah. know how to use them doesn't know how to use them properly and and in a nice bit of connective tissue clark utilizes uh supercorp and the mm -hmm. anti-superman weapons that he decided to leave up because there are kryptonian threats out there like krillux and general zod who could attack earth so of course he would want to leave them up just in case it is a nice touch to see superman hey these weapons were designed to kill me well now they're going to save my life yeah and, and uh, i like how he uses the uh the, the the hearing to his advantage and like the guy doesn't know how, dorian doesn't know how to use superman's hearing so everything like kind of blows out his eardrums and yeah it's, it's really cool really good use of uh of, of clark kent as well clark being yeah. able to, to to hold his own while taking a beating i like that yeah. where he's like ship I'm in a no-win scenario here. Either I punch him and people know I'm Superman, or I let him keep punching me and he's going to kill me. What the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> the uh, the real meat and pota uh, potatoes of this issue, though, is actually story time with Aunt Kara, where we learn a little bit more about the mm. House of Ra that uh, Awful and Awful are from. Yes, yes. Uh, the, she tells them the, the, the house fable, because all Kryptonian mm -hmm. houses have a fable the the fable for the house of l is the flamebird and nightwing story that we know all quite well yes uh and and their story is about two warring tribes who uh whose gods send them uh send their lands into the ocean and force them to work together so they assign a champion from either side both the red sun and the star child to come together in peace to find a new land and lead them to the promised land and this is where this is where like the the foreshadowing got got a little oh, heavy yeah. little heavy oh, hand yeah. it's like oh red sun and star child that's osal and othal because their costumes literally mirror the the these old timey warriors <laughs> yep hey kids do you like those code names red sun and star child because uh dick grayson's doing really good with nightwing so i would <laughs> i would claim these code names now before yeah. they're gone yeah yeah you have 24 hours to do so and uh, otherwise they'll go out to someone else yeah <laughs> other members of the bat family uh damien wayne has decided he wants to be red sun <laughs> And uh, spoiler has decided she wants to be Star Child now. Sorry, you know the those Bat Family guys—they're greedy. They just come in and appropriate Kryptonian culture, man. What can I tell you? <laughs> how how have they never told that story where like a Kryptonian gets really pissed off at night when you're like, "That's not you, well, man. That's not your culture." <laughs> I want to see the story. I'm fairly certain it's been done where like Batman gets a little peeve that Nightwing takes like a Kryptonian's like 
backstory as like his own and like kind of a it's like why not go call yourself like bat kid or something why night batman jr yeah, yeah well, bat teen <laughs> yeah why nightwing why why not my 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 history <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they had to have told that story at some point. I'm sure Nightwing would have been like, "Yeah, I'm just taking this one, uh, you know, until uh, you give up the Batman name." Yeah, Superman's a much better dad than you are. <laughs> yeah, really. He takes me for ice cream. <laughs> I bought you an ice cream factory. Yeah, but it's not the same though. <laughs> you can't buy my love with money, Bat Dad. <laughs> As hard as you try. Yeah, as Kem Dog is saying, I thought Paul Stanley was the star child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we get a cease and desist from Kiss. Yeah, oh, hey, man, they're, they're pretty litigious. They you could, you could. I know they are. They're, they're always yeah. fucking suing people, Kiss. Yeah, they kind of, you know, comics comics that's taking their names when their names need to be on, like, coffins and, and mm -hmm. baby pacifiers and whatnot. And condoms and lunchboxes. Yeah, yeah, everything but that, yeah. <laughs> And everything but those things but yeah this uh this was a solid issue we also find out that uh basically confirming what we already believed that nora the leader of blue earth is magical in nature because she has like a whole secret chamber filled with magical ship yeah with like a stuffed etrigan yeah what's up with that did etrigan <laughs> slough off his skin is that actually etrigan there i don't know <laughs> it's a an effigy or something yeah <laughs> Yeah, she, she's got an evil cauldron, you know, where her masters live, and apparently they know a thing or two about Kryptonians and bleeding their power for magical purposes, and they also imply that, oh, but maybe we can turn one of the Kryptonians against Superman, and it's left open-ended who they're talking about. Are they talking about Soul because she kind of has a rage problem? Are they talking about Awful the boy? Because, you know, he feels a little weaker because his sister always has to defend him. Are they talking about someone completely different? I don't know. See, my original take was Osul because of, like, we've seen her get violent. And, like, there's that whole thing in this issue where she, like, kind of reacts badly to people who even just, like, call her brother names and everything. Um, she, she lives by prison rules, yeah, you see. You yeah. gotta show dominance, right? When someone heart checks, you gotta heart check them back, bro. But it also could be her brother because he still has the story, he still has the fire of Olgren in him that still needs to be addressed. And it does. This, this run's coming to an end pretty quickly. So yeah, they're gonna have to, you know, hopefully clear clear that up and soon because yeah, mm -hmm. Phil Kennedy Johnson had written so much lore and so much backstory that's still mm -hmm. yet to be resolved i mean yeah the fire of ulgrim was so scary goddamn orion and the apocalyptian new gods came yeah. together for this yeah came together to try and stop it yeah because that's how freaked the fuck out they are yeah yeah and uh, yeah yeah the, the the main story ends with clark you know his, his powers are slowly coming back but he needs to be ready so he turns to steelworks and john henry irons builds him a new costume a new new armor and gives him a new sword yeah, because apparently Clark won't shut the fuck up about how good at sword fighting he got on War World, to where John Henry's like, look, look, I made you a sword here. <laughs> Prove it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clark, I'm a late-in-life sword guy. Lois says I need to stop buying katanas off Amazon. <laughs> but I won't. That's that's what my office at Supercorp is. It's just all the swords I bought. <laughs> yeah, hey, the gas station is selling totally legitimate League of Shadows swords. I'm going to go buy some, yeah. <laughs> 
Clark, Clark, you fought League of Shadows, guys, before. If you want one of their swords, I'm sure you could go get them. Why are you <laughs> buying them online? Yeah, but if I go to the gas station, I can also buy those weird rhino pills. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, which don't do anything for me because I'm Superman. I just like the taste. <laughs> mm, rhino-rific. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's Superman, so, you know, I figure everything about him is super, even super erections, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this uh, this is a fun story, and they also had two really nice looking backups. Actually, did you read them? I I, I couldn't because I had to come do the show, but uh, they looked good though. I the, know there was like a Kong Keenan one and another one about the twins. Yeah, the Keenan Kong one was really good. It's written by Gene Luen Yang again, ah, uh, and it's course. actually kind of important because it details how he joins the Superman family, and it's not oh. it's not just hey come over and join it. You're a super family. No. He gets sent by the Batman of China to investigate a murder because one of uh, mm. Baxi's friends, a reporter friend who was looking into a story about who Superman really is, who the American Superman is, uh, died and he was seemingly killed by heat vision. Oh. Um, and Keenan is sent to America to investigate the family and kind of embed himself in the family. And the super twins discover that he's like spying on them and Connor confronts him about it. And, um, he eventually learns that Clark Kent is Superman and because, uh, of what Lex Luthor did to the world and to people who find out that Lex, uh, that Clark Kent is Superman, Keenan has a stroke and dies. <laughs> Oh, fuck, that's right, because they've set that up again. If anyone yeah. remembers, they die. Yeah, yeah, the minute he finds out that Clark Kent is Superman, he just starts bleeding from the nose and goes limp and fucking just dies. Wow, so that even affects uh, super people, too, because, you know, Batman made it seem like, oh, yeah, yeah, the whole super community is good, though. But then again, I guess the idea is, is that Con Keenan didn't know Clark was Superman no. for as long as all those other people did. No, no. So that probably would have fucked with him a little bit more. Yeah, that sounds good. Also, good on Gene Louis Yang for coming back and getting to write more. Yeah, and, and then the last story is like uh, Uncle Bibbo Babowski taking the Super Twins to uh, a Metropolis Day Parade and they get Aww. they get lost. They find like a Superman mascot and think he's the real Superman who's been <laughs> bewitched because he's got like a giant head because he's like a mascot. And yeah, it is a fun little story. That's funny. Uh, Avengers Green in the chat there is saying there that uh, some of these uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson action comic threads are being rumored to continue in a new Justice League book, which we don't Ooh. actually have yet, but we still could get. And yeah, Philip Kennedy Johnson would be a good pick for a new Justice League book, I think. I imagine they'll be continuing there as well as in his uh, Green Lantern book. That's right, he's doing Green Lantern. I, th I thought you were going to say in his Hulk book, because he's writing that. Yeah, they're going to continue <laughs> yeah, yeah, all this yeah. Superman stuff in his Hulk book, yeah. just to really mess yeah. with you. Yeah, they won't even address it. They're just, it's like, oh yeah, Hulk went to War World and like fought Mongol. And it's like, wait, wait a minute, what? <laughs> wait a minute, I thought he already went to a War World once. Yeah, a different War World. <laughs> what, a, what a fucking big dick power move that would be to just finish off storylines, but in another company's <laughs> book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just to really mess with people, just like, oh yeah, my character showed up, but like not in name only. Yeah. Like like if I was like if I was the writer artist it, of a book, I would totally put characters in both universes, it, like, background characters. Like how Donny Cates did like like null destroying the DC universe. Yes. Yeah, like like that. Where it's like it's implied, but they're not outrightly said who these characters are, but like you can kind of glean from like the descriptions who it is. 
Yes, uh, a, a speedster in red and a man who was so super, you yeah. wouldn't even believe it. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? They had a whole world that was just next door to ours. <laughs> we should go there one day. We really should. I mean, shit, even Jeff Johns at the end of Doomsday Clock teased that. It's like, yeah, yeah. by the year 2040, we'll have another crossover. Yeah. Sure. That's, yeah. that, that's a good estimate, right? 20 I'd, years from now. I'd love to know like the, like what's stopping that from happening. As far as I know, it's mostly just ego. Mostly yeah. just, you know, egos that are keeping this apart, which seems... I mean, if it could so happen once, it's happened, like, a couple of times since, like, yeah. like, like in the 90s, before that, in, like, the 70s and stuff. So, like, why not now? Right. It seems, like, so stupid for them to not want to do it. It's like, are you afraid of money? Are you afraid yeah. of bringing the community together and bringing people into comic shops who haven't been in years? Yeah, think of all of the variants you can sell. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it is. No one wants to be the first one to breach the idea. No one wants to be the first to mention it to the Hell, other man, guy. I'll fucking do it. <laughs> I know, right? Shit. Get someone from Image to bring it up. Hey, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Rob Liefeld, no. Yeah, no. So here's the thing. We don't see anyone's feet, right? <laughs> here's the idea. I'll draw it myself. <laughs> yeah, he draws Superman like Prime and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why does everyone have so many gun belts? <laughs> it's a nightmare. Uh, I guess where we still got a good DC thing going, uh, I read Green Arrow number five. Uh, I flicked through this and it looked pretty fucking insane. It is insane. Way more questions than answers this issue. I thought yeah. I knew where the story was going. And then this issue's like, fuck you. No, you don't. It's really weird because like the first like two issues are so slow of this book. Like nothing Very really much happens. So. And then all of a sudden, like when that issue three hits, it's like, boom, straight into everything. They're really kicking in the turbo. So, yeah, it's Ollie who gets to go to this dark, you know, dystopian future where he meets his older self. This is a world where, uh, you know, Star City is destroyed. He's mm -hmm. no longer with any of his family members. And, you know, old Ollie is just like really shitty and sour and being like, you know, this this is the way it was supposed to be, Ollie. We were always supposed to be alone. That's why we went to that island all those years ago, because everyone's lives we touch is destroyed. It's why mm -hmm. I could never be there again, only for real Oliver to be like, hey, that's a bullshit story you're telling. I've actually been back to the island several times. Usually when I got to get my head together, you're a fake arrow in the yeah. eye. Oh, shit, he's a robot. It's a fucking robot who was trying to sell me on something. Yeah, trying to sell him on... Well, he tries to get him to go back in the time machine. He's yeah. like, I can send you anywhere in history except for where you want to go. Yeah, he he says he makes like a deal with Amanda Waller and then Parallax, Parallax. to send him to where he, he, where he was, yeah. Yeah, we still don't know who this robot is or who they're working for. They claim to work for Oliver's greatest enemy and that this dark future is what they always wanted for Ollie to be all alone. Okay, okay. And again, that begs a million questions where it's like, okay, who's his worst enemy? Some people would say Merlin. Some people would say Dr. Light. They make a hell of a lot of Phil Hester, Kevin Smith illusions in this issue. Maybe they're talking about Stanley Dover. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of Phil Hester. I mean, he fucking draws oh. half the fucking book. Yes, he does, because Ollie falls through the time portal and he ends up in the Kevin Smith, Phil Hester era of Green Arrow. Yeah, just after he came back from the dead. Yep, and he meets Ollie with the little hat, as well as every other Ollie that's ever been in which Jesus Christ, Green Arrow had a lot of costumes, didn't a he? Lot, a lot of a lot of costumes that also like seemingly like look the same. 
when you when you yeah. like look at him the only difference is oh he doesn't have a hat or this one has a hood yeah, it's true. It's but he's had so many costumes, yet only with so little changes to them. Yeah. And we basically get our own little version of Into the Arrowverse that ends with Hat wearing Ollie, shooting our Ollie through the chest. And he's like, well, and that's the second time I died this week. <laughs> so yeah, shit's fucking wacky. <laughs> shit's wacky and all over the place, and yeah. I don't know where they're going, but hey... Getting Phil Hester back on art, you know, the era when I really fell in love with Green Arrow when he became my favorite hero. You you know what buttons to press, Joshua Williamson. <laughs> yeah, do you think they'll they'll do that? Because obviously he's going to be going through different eras of his life. Do you think they'll get like, ah, oh, here's like Andrea Sorrentino from the New 52 mm -hmm. era. You know, here's, you know, this artist, here's this artist. If, if they did, I'd be creaming my jeans over here. So I hope they do. <laughs> I don't know if they're willing to go that far, but yes, please reunite all the greatest uh, goddamn Green Arrow artists, even though some of them aren't alive anymore, which is a shame. Yeah. Ah, uh, well, the whole issue in AI. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's what we that's what we need. That's what everyone's really uh, clamoring yeah, for. Yeah. Why, why does Oliver have like six fingers and <laughs> fucked up eyes and... <laughs> Have, have you seen that thing they're doing now, uh, Nightshade, to try and poison uh, artwork so that it fucks with AIs? Oh, no, what are they doing? So there's this thing, uh, it's an artist coalition called Nightshade, where they have found a way to digitally affect the pixels within their own artwork that they upload online, that it is literally, it is Nightshade, it is poison to these AI programs, and the more... <laughs> art that it absorbs that has nightshade features in it the more it basically breaks the program it fucks it up oh that's cool i love it i'm like yeah that's right artists fight back and you don't know by looking at it which one has any nightshade pixels on it but apparently they found a way to use technology against technology to make the ai program that's sick awesome awesome that's what i want to see and, and it fucks with it in, like, really interesting ways, too, where it's like, you know, uh, AI me a dog. That looks like a cat. Yep. <laughs> so it basically just gives you the opposite of whatever you want. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. But yeah, it, it, it's called Nightshade, everyone. If you're artist, definitely check that out. Yeah, this girl is poison. And yeah, calling it Nightshade is metal as hell. I agree. You, you know why that's cool? Because actual real creative people came up with it. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Hey, those those AI artists have to sit in a chair and type into a prompt field, you know, four yeah. hours a day just to get an image of, like, a Supergirl who kind of looks like a Supergirl yeah a little they, bit they are real artists okay yeah yeah I, I put in a lot of filters no don't look at the eyes too long and definitely don't yeah. look at the feet yeah yeah I, I i all the images are like just like chest high why is that oh we can't do arms because like it doesn't like fingers yeah or feet which you yeah. know what to, to to rob liefeld's credit yeah. i mean yeah feet are hard man and characters can't <laughs> smile because their mouths look like like weird like nightmares <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah goddamn nightmare fuel and again calling it nightshade is perfect too because basically everything in the deadly nightshade family looks pretty and looks nice and looks edible but oh yeah it's totally poison poison <laughs> so yeah. don't do that <laughs> again you know let, let leaves of three uh let it be <laughs> but yeah so that was green arrow weird kind of out there again i'm glad this thing got extended because oh man if they only had one issue left to finish this know, story right? yeah how would they even have done that 
I have no idea. I wonder if that affected the story when they knew they got more issues or what. And also, this this book is also building up Beast World, too, because they talk to Cheshire, and she's like, oh, yeah, Amanda Waller's got all sorts of shit going on right now. Don't don't fuck with her at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they are slowly building up. That's why um we haven't seen John Kent in any of the books, because he's currently oh. in his Adventures of Superman in the Injustice universe, which he then comes back to this Earth in the middle of Beast Wars. That's right. That's right, man. I gotta catch up on Titans too. I'm two issues behind mm-hmm. on that. Well, like, I think it's it's only like what three issues in, isn't it? Uh, yeah. But again, yeah. but I didn't read the last two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Neither have I. Neither have I. <laughs> that, that, that and Uncanny Avengers, because there's just too much shit. I know. I know. <laughs> can can there be something less? I'm gonna have to make some painful cuts soon that I'm not gonna feel good about. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just kind of where we're at right now. And uh, I had one last book. What about you? Uh, yes, I had one last book as well. All right, all right, you go first then. Uh, I had Alan Scott, The Green Lantern, issue one. Oh yeah, that dropped this week. They really, they really pushed this one in the backups of all the other books. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's definitely a book that's going to make a lot of people, a lot of the right people, angry. Um, because, uh, yeah, yeah. Fuck those people. Um, but yeah, no, this book, this book's really fucking good. Um, it's not really about Alan Scott as a green lantern. It's more about just Alan Scott. Um, since we pick up with him, he's, you know, it's, it's in the thirties and forties and he's, uh, trying to be a hero, but the government hates that he's doing it alone and not working with the JSA. So the FBI, uh, blackmail him. They they find oh. they 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 find out who he is. Uh, they get like like uh, a journal that details like all his like missions and like personal life and everything. They also end up getting some photos of him uh, with his boyfriend Johnny Ladd. Ah, and, of course. Yeah, and they say, "Be on the J- JSA, or we'll fucking leak these photos." As uh, as the FBI was a big fan of doing back in those yeah. days as well. That's that's fucking painfully accurate. Yeah, yeah, and um it's it's mostly about his relationship with this guy johnny because we learned that him and johnny um met not long before the war world war ii started and they got drafted together and put into a secret uh project called project crimson which is to find uh a a a power source called the crimson flame which we know from um the dc pride event and the golden age will become the power that is used by the golden age red lantern right yes which they and, made a big point of the russian red lantern yes and um the the alan's uh job is to like contain this power and you and have it be used by the americans to end the war before it starts so he mm. develops like this device that can capture the the power and they go out on a boat um called the uh what was it called it's it's like li- like a literal actual boat that existed in world war Two, and actually i think sunk as well um but um, they go out and they capture it and everything, but it ends up turning on them because they find out that the power is intelligent. And oh. and it ends up taking and seemingly killing Johnny uh, in, oh, right, in wow. right in front of Alan. And then we get a couple of years later when he's actually Green Lantern and he's, he's dealing with all of this FBI stuff and he gets word of a gunman. So he goes to try and stop them and learns that a Green Lantern already stopped him. And he's really confused because he didn't stop this gunman and he finds the gunman and finds that he was drowned, but also suffered third degree burns at the same time. Mm. Something that the Crimson Flame can do. 
Interesting. And not only that, when when he retrieves this man's body, he discovers this body, this gunman, this crazed gunman is Johnny. And and oh, shit. and and it's implied that the crimson flame is like fucking with him and like using Johnny's body and like trying to like get into his mind and everything with it and everything and it ends up working because he suffers a mental breakdown and gets sent to and he checks himself into Arkham Asylum and it's implied that he's checked himself in to undergo uh conversion therapy oh fuck okay so this one's definitely hitting a lot of points on this one then which I which makes sense, because if you're going to do a new Alan Scott book, you better have a good story, mm-hmm. and you better bring the fucking heat for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it's built up through the entire issue, because, uh, like, uh, Alan thinks that, like, what he and Johnny do, just as, like, being together in the time they're in, is a sin, because, like, again, it's the 30s. If someone finds out about them, they can go to jail, they can go to mental yeah, they yeah. can be killed. You know, so so he what he he views what he is doing with him as like a criminal act, even though it's Ooh. it's not really it's it's love, it yeah, and, and um, man. yeah yeah, and it's a really interesting idea because he has a fear of that, and of course fear is a big thing for a Green Lantern, and it's something he has to overcome. Yes. Yeah. And also ties into the whole you know you're not being brave and heroic. Uh, just when you're feeling fear, you're being brave and heroic when mm-hmm. you feel all that, but still be a hero anyway. Yes, yes. Well, shit, all right, you might have sold me on that book. That actually sounds like a really interesting cocktail of ideas. It sounds really cool. It's building off of stuff we've seen in that Jeff Johns JSA book in the Golden Age, yeah. as well as what Williamson was doing with the characters in um, Justice League Incarnate and like with, with his son Obsidian also coming out and him being the reason why Alan felt comfortable to become uh, an openly right. gay man as well. That's right. Okay, that sounds like some good yeah. shit. That, that that doesn't sound nearly as interesting as the Thor book I read this week. Oh no, is this Immortal Thor? This is Immortal Thor number oh, three. No. This was a this was a weird issue. It's not bad, but it's a really weird creative swing. So you know, obviously Thor has been fighting the Utgardians, which mm-hmm. are you know the evil old Norse gods, basically their titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Loki made a weird deal with Thor, where you know they said, "Oh, I, I have to become the teller of tales again. I have to take another form." But you got to promise to trust me, Thor. We jump forward, and Thor has apparently been in the Odin sleep long enough to grow a whole beard, and that Loki in this new evil form has dropped Thor on some crazy planet that he's never been in a part of the universe he's never been. Mm -hmm. And he's essentially marooned out here with Loki coming back every couple minutes to fuck with him, saying, ooh, I've inversed a Norse rune of travel, and now you can't, you know, leave this place until you solve whatever the hell the riddle is. And so it's Thor kind of like trying to bang his head against this problem and figure it out. And he, he, he takes his helmet, you know, the classic one with the wings, and he hammers it with Mjolnir and he turns it into a blade so he can shave and then he breaks a tree and breaks some bits off Loki's staff and essentially forms a new weapon. He he forms Stormbringer from the movies is what he does. Oh, that's pretty cool. It, it is. He forms a new weapon and we hear like an old Norse story about how, you know, Mjolnir was thrown around the world and when it came back it was something different and I think that that is actually something from Utgardian legend because that's the story of Tornus's hammer because Tornus was Thor. It's a whole thing and he eventually discovered that, you know, th- this was all 
a thing by Loki. Loki was never trying to hurt Thor. They just wanted to put Thor in a situation where he would have to, like, use his brain and to give him a chance to enter the Odin sleep to get his power back. So now he has two weapons, essentially. Nice. That's pretty cool. It is. It's 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 interesting to see a character who's not really well known for their intelligence, Thor, have to bang their head against the problem. And, and they keep referencing, you know, the the Gordian knot, which is funny because that's a Greek mm-hmm. story, not a Norse yeah. story. Yeah. Story. yeah. <laughs> and uh, but but the big stinger at the end of it is Thor's like, okay, you know, thanks Loki, you've given me time, you've given me a new weapon. We're not going to be able to defeat Utgardian Thor alone. I'm going to need another storm god on my side. We got to go talk to Queen Storm of Mars to come and help us. Oh, nice. <laughs> Which makes sense cuz Al Ewing is involved with all the X books, so of yeah, course. Of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we gotta get Storm on our side for this. And I'm like, we don't see Storm and Thor team up as much as they should, even though they yeah. really should. Yeah, that actually sounds really cool. Especially now with everything that's been going on in X-Men Red with Storm basically being like, hey, you know, I'm kind of a god now. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of the god of, like, Araco now, kind of. I'm the god yeah. of thunder of Araco, yeah. Yeah, I, I was a mortal for a good long-ass period of time there, so I kind of understand you better, Thor, because I died and kept coming back. Yeah. So, yeah, this is this is an interesting combination. Also, Ewing kind of set this up in the first issue by letting us see Orchis and everything. I probably should have guessed that we would have seen some X-Men crossover. Yeah, yeah, he, he couldn't help himself. <laughs> couldn't help himself. And I can't blame him. Again, that's just how big X-Men is right now. It's taken over other books. Yeah. So yeah, that was everything I read this week. Nice, nice. That uh, that was my week. We want to talk about what's coming out this week. Yeah, so I know it's a, a very uh, small week, at least for DC. I think DC has like four books out, maybe? Yeah, yeah, because it's a 31-day month, yes. and this usually happens when it's like that. So we got Detective Comics, which neither of us are reading. X-Men 28, looks like we get to see the return of Juggernaut, even though I think they implied they killed Juggernaut uh, in that last one. In the Hellfire Gala, we see him, like, literally explode. Oh, but then we see him in jail again, in, like, in the last X-Men. Oh, I've, I've, like, fallen off X-Men, so, yeah. Okay, yeah, well, Kitty breaks into the jail that they're holding Cyclops in, and Marco is alive, but they're actually using him as, like, a counterweight on Cyclops, so if he tries to (laughs) run away, he'll decapitate Cyclops. Oh, that's fucked. Yeah, that's super fun. Kitty lets him go. Kitty, like, works her magic, and he's like, okay, I'll break out later tonight. But I think the implication is is that Omega Sentinel beats the fuck out of him and sends him back. (laughs) Which, goddamn, you know, justice for Juggernaut, man. Come on, he needs to get a win back on Omega Sentinel for everything he's done to him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what is it? Uh, Venom 27. I think this is, uh, Black Widow becoming Venom. I dropped off that book, but that book sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Avengers 27, we're starting off a new story here. This one looks to be uh, vision, uh, vision-centric. vision This one is called Twilight Dreaming, whatever that means. Hmm, interesting. I, uh, I like the Avengers book under Jed McKay, but boy, does it have pacing problems in parts. Yeah, that, that first story with the Ashen Combine needed to be like four issues max. It went on way too long. Uh, you got Star Wars 40. Nice, nice. Uh, we got, yeah, Ultimate Universe number one, nice. which I imagine will do really good mm-hmm. because of all the new Ultimate news. Yep. Uh, Batman Catwoman, the Gotham War Scorched Earth number one. What the fuck is this now? Did they add another tie-in? <laughs> it's either that or it's the finale. 
Uh, it is the finale, yes. The final chapter of this epic crossover. Okay, so Gotham War finale, thank God. Thank God. I thought they added another title. I'm like, go to hell, stop adding titles. <laughs> uh, Spider-Boy number one, you know more about Spider-Boy than me because you were reading the Dan Slott book. I yeah, wasn't. I don't know a lot, though. <laughs> there you go. Supergirl special number one. Nice. Which you might be sure. White Widow number one. Oh, yeah, man, I think that one was supposed to come out close to that Thunderbolts thing, but didn't yes. happen. Yes, it was, yes. Uh, Return of Superman, the 30th anniversary special, is back again. Yeah, yeah, Dad fucking dan jurgen's telling the same fucking story he's been telling for the last 30 years as both writer and penciler on yeah, this one yeah man dan dan jurgen's must really love him some death and return of superman that's that the his thing that rent. like it like made him like a household name for a while so yeah he keeps coming back to it he did it in that actually he did it in like the recent superman issue where like he got to tell some of the art and like the art is like all like his stuff like he wrote back in the yep. 90s yeah <laughs> yep uh aquaman and the lost kingdom special number one this is the this is the movie tie-in i guess tie oh yeah i'll be rushing out to buy that uh, i know right i can't wait for it finally all my questions will be answered <laughs> you know does aquaman really like water that much read this <laughs> issue and find out <laughs> And that's basically it. So, yeah, it's yeah. going to be a really light week this week. And thank God, because I have God. too much to catch up on. Yeah, I think I'll be able to read everything this week. Thank God. Yeah, please, please let me goddamn rest, comic industry, for the love of God. I'm, a, <laughs> I'm just one man. <laughs> oh, we're just innocent men is all we are. <laughs> just, just please let us rest. <laughs> just let me and my dog puppet rest. <laughs> Just, just simple, innocent comic book, man. <laughs> uh, so thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. We hope you appreciate this. Again, as always, if uh, you want to check out the show live, if you want to see mine and Matt's lovely faces, be sure to come by Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We usually try and stream on both Twitch and YouTube. Uh, that's Matt's YouTube, Fortress of Solitude, if you didn't know. For everyone else, you can listen to the show back first in audio and visual format over on Patreon. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Thank you, everyone who has. Again, you get to keep the lights on here at the show. You get to keep it pumping along. You get to help me break off a little something for Matt, who deserves it for running the back end on all of these shows. And for everyone else, you can listen to the audio version ad-free over on everywhere where podcasts are had. SoundCloud, uh, you know, you name it. Yeah. So be sure to check that one out there. And Matt and I will be back again next week. Same comic multiverse time. Same comic multiverse place for all the same nonsense you've come to love and <laughs> expect at this point. <laughs> again, thank you everyone who uh, donated during the show. Captain Kuhn, much appreciated. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it, Matt. Any any parting thoughts? No, not really. No. Nah, <laughs> nah me neither. All right, let's, let's end it there then, everyone. Let's end it there. <laughs> Bye-bye. See ya.